بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا وسيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله أما بعد So we continue tonight then with جزء عمّة with the explanation of الشيخ الثيمين رحمه الله تعالى and today we have arrived at سورة القارعة where Allah سبحانه وتعالى says القارعة ما القارعة وما أدراك ما القارعة يوم يكون الناس كالفراش المبثوث وتكون الجبال كالعهن المنفوش فأما من فقلت موازينه فهو في عيشة راضية وأما من خفت موازينه فأمه هاوية وما أدراك ما هي نار حامية So here the meaning of that is القارعة meaning the striking hour the striking hour meaning the day of resurrection so القارعه the striking hour meaning the day of resurrection ما القارعه what is the striking hour وما ادراك ما القارعه and what will make you know what the striking hour is يوم يكون الناس كالفراش المبثوث It is a day wherein mankind will be like moths scattered about وتكون الجبال كالعهن المنفوش And the mountains will be like carded wool فَأَمَّا مَنْ ثَقُلَتْ مَوَازِينُهُ Then as for him whose balance, weighing scale on that day of good deeds is heavy, فَهُوَ فِي عِيشَةِ الرَّاضِيَةِ Then he will live a pleasant life, meaning in paradise. وَأَمَّا مَنْ خَفَّتْ مَوَازِينُهُ But for the one whose balance, weighing scale, of bad deeds, uh, sorry, of good deeds, is light, فَأُمُّهُ هَاوِيَةِ Then he will be, his home, his abode, will be in a pit of the hellfire. وَمَا أَدَرَاكَ مَا هِيَةِ And what will make you know what it is? نَارٌ حَامِيَةٌ 
It is a fiercely blazing fire. So here, Sheikh Al-Thaymeen, Rahimahullah Ta'ala, says at the beginning, Al-Qari'ah, ismu fa'il min qara'a, wal-murad al-lati taqra'u al-qulub. The Al-Qari'ah, the Sheikh mentions that grammatically it is known as the ism fa'il, from the verb that indicates Something that impacts upon the hearts. It strikes the hearts and causes fear to go into the hearts. That is the intent behind al-qari'ah. The striking hour. Meaning, the horn when it will be blown into on that day. Because when the horn is blown into on that day, then that indicates the day of judgment now beginning. When that horn is blown, then that is the striking of the fear and the impact that will occur in the hearts of the people. And that is mentioned in other ayat of the Qur'an. That when the horn is blown, فَفَزِعَ مَنْ فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ وَمَنْ فِي الْأَرْضِ That they will be in terror, those who are in the heavens and in the earth. So it will impact upon the hearts after it impacts upon the hearing. It will impact and cause a striking of fear into the ears when that horn is heard and then that fear strikes into the hearts thereafter. وَهَذِهِ الْقَارِعَةِ هِيَّ قَارِعَةٌ عَظِيمَةٌ لَا نَظِيرَ لَهَا قَبْلَ ذَلِكَ وَهِيَّ مِنْ أَسْمَاءِ يَوْمِ الْقِيَامَةِ And this striking that will occur when the horn is blown and the day of judgment and resurrection occurs and begins, that striking that occurs, there is no comparison to it. There is nothing equal or similar to it. And this al-qari'ah is one of the names that is given to the day of judgment. Just like there are many other names for the Day of Judgment, Al-Ghashiyah, Al-Haqqah, all of these denoting the Day of Judgment. So then in the second ayah, after Allah has mentioned Al-Qari'ah, Allah says, Mal-Qari'ah, what is the striking hour? This looks like a question. But there are no questions in the Qur'an, meaning there is nothing that Allah needs an answer to. Allah is all aware and all knowledgeable, but this appears to be like a question. When Allah says, مَلْقَارِعَةِ What is the striking hour? 
So it looks like a question, but obviously it's not an actual question because Allah knows everything. So what is it then in reality? As Shaykh al mentions, Huna istifham bima'na at-ta'zim wa tafkhim That it is a question, but the purpose of it is to indicate the greatness of that striking, the greatness of that day of judgment, of the day of resurrection. But then, on top of that, after Allah mentions Al-Qari'ah, that striking hour, the horn when it is blown and the fear, it enters the hearing of the people and the hearts of the people. And then Allah says, Malqari'ah, what is this striking hour? To indicate the greatness of it. Not as a question, but to indicate the greatness of it. Then on top of that, Allah mentions again, وَمَا أَدَرَاكَ مَلْقَارِعَةً What will make you know what this striking is? What will make you know and comprehend what this striking hour is? هَذِهِ زِيَادَةً فِي التَّفْخِيمِ وَالتَّعْظِيمِ وَالتَّهْوِيلِ يعني أي شيء نعم أي شيء أعلمك عن هذه القارعة. This third ayah is further emphasizing the greatness of that day, the tremendous nature of that day, when the hour is established. وَمَا أَدْرَاكَ مَلْقَارِعَةٌ And what will make you know what the striking hour is? This is to make you understand that it is a tremendous day, the day of judgment when it occurs, a tremendous affair, and to cause fear in you, that you fear that day and recognize what a tremendous day it will be, and a great day it will be, and the accountability that will occur. So some degree of fear should be struck into the person. Here you see that Allah is emphasizing this affair. Al-Qari'ah, Mal-Qari'ah, Wama adraka Mal-Qari'ah. The striking hour. What is the striking hour? What will make you know what the striking hour is? A, ma a'zamaha, wama ashaddaha. So these three opening ayat are to indicate to you what a tremendous and great day it will be and what a severe day it will be. وَمَا أَشَدَّهَا What a severe day it will be. ثُمَّ then Allah clarified to us when it will occur. Not when in times of an exact time. We do not know that. That is with the knowledge of Allah. But when in terms of the circumstances. What will it be like when the day of judgment occurs? 
So Allah mentions here, ثُمَّ بَيَّنَ مَتَى تَكُونَ فَقَالَ جَلَّ وَعَلَى يَوْمَ يَكُونُ النَّاسُ كَالْفَرَاشِ الْمَبَثُوثِ It is a day, it will be a day where mankind will be like scattered moths. Mankind will be like scattered moths. كَالْفَرَاشِ الْمَبَثُوثِ أي أنها تكون في ذلك الوقت Meaning that the day of judgment will be established at that time That's how it will be occurring That people will be like scattered moths يوم يكون الناس كالفراش المبثوث حين يخرجون من قبورهم So when will the people be like scattered moths? It will be after they are resurrected from their graves. When the people are resurrected from the graves on that day, all of the people from the beginning to the end. And right now, just a few days ago, they say on their figures and their estimates that right now there are 8 billion. And they say 11 years ago, whatever it was, there were 7 billion. Now 8 billion, and then they estimate it will be 9 and 10 billion. And that's just now. What about before all of the billions as well? All of the people, they will be resurrected and they will be like scattered moths everywhere. قَالَ الْعُلَمَا يَكُونُونَ كَالْفَرَاشِ الْمَبِثُوثِ that the, the scholars, they said, so the people when they are resurrected, they will be like scattered moths. وَالْفَرَاشْ هُوَ هَذِهِ الطُّيُورِ الصَّهِيرَةِ الَّتِي تَتَزَاحَمُ عِنْدَ وُجُودِ النَّارِ فِي اللَّيْلِ وَهِيَ ضَعِيفَةِ وَتَكَادْ تَمْشِي بِدُونِ هَدِئِ وَتَتَرَاكَمْ وَرُبَّمَا لِطَيْشِهَا تَقَعُ فِي النَّارِ وَهِيَ لَا تَدْرِئِ so the scholars, they mentioned people are going to be like scattered moths on that day. And the moths, everybody knows the moth, those small uh, uh, like insects that fly, the moths. Uh, and they are very weak insects, very weak insects. They fly around and they are attracted to the light. At night time, if there is a light, the moths are attracted to the light and they fly around the light. And from the nature of how they fly, without due diligence as such, perhaps some of them, they fall into that light. They are scattered around the light and they collide into the light. Those are the scattered moths. And you see that. In the night, in the summer days here and in other countries all the time, at night you see them fluttering around the lights. So it is mentioned that mankind when they are resurrected from their graves will be like scattered moths. Al-mabithuth, yani al-muntashat. That they will be spread Spread like scattered moths. So as Shaykh Al-Ithaymeen says, لَوْ تَصَوَّرْتَ هَذَا الْمَشْهَدِ يَخْرُجُ النَّاسُ مِنْ قُبُورِهِمْ عَلَى هَذَا الْوَجْهِ 
The Shaykh says, if you were to think about this, what's being explained here, if you were to picture this, to think about this, how all of the people of the earth will be resurrected and they'll be everywhere resurrected like moths scattered around. If you were to think about that and picture that, then you have certainly considered something great and tremendous. That is a great and tremendous affair that will occur that every single person that ever was will be resurrected on that day. هَؤُلَاءِ الْعَالَمُ مِنْ آدَمُ إِلَىٰ أَنْ تَقُومَ السَّاعَةِ كُلُّهُمْ يَخْرُجُونَ خُرُوجَ رَجُلٍ وَاحِدٍ فِي آنٍ وَاحِدٍ مِنْ هَذِهِ الْقُبُورِ الْمُبَعَثَرَةِ فِي مَشَارِقِ الْأَرْضِ وَمَغَارِبِهَا All of the people that have ever lived from the time of Adam السلام, all the way till the day of judgment, all of the people that have ever lived, all of them will be resurrected in one moment. Not that it will be slowly, bit by bit, all of them resurrected in one moment. All of them exited from their graves. From the east of the land and the west of the land, east of the earth and the west of the earth, all of the people that ever were, in one moment will all be resurrected. وَمِنْ غَيْرِ الْقُبُورِ كَالَّذِي أُلْقِيَ فِي لَجَّةِ الْبَحْرِ وَأَكَلَتُ الْحِيْتَانِ أَوْ فِي فَلَوَاتِ الْأَرْضِ وَأَكَلَتُ السِّبَاعِ أَوْ مَا أَشْبَهَ ذَلِكِ And even the people who didn't get buried, maybe people were lost at sea. They were lost at sea and they drowned out at sea. Or maybe they were lost out in the wilderness and they were eaten by predatory animals. They were eaten up. So they were never buried. Even those kinds of people, those lost out at sea, eaten by the sharks and other than them, those lost out in the wilderness, eaten up by the animals, their bodies eaten up, they will all be resurrected also. كُلُّهُمْ سَيَخْرُجُونَ مَرَّةً وَاحِدَةً all of them will arise in one go. All of the people in one go. They will all be resurrected and wandering upon the earth. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in the next ayah about the mountains. After having explained now about the resurrection and all of the people from Adam to the end, to the day of judgment, every single one of them, whether they were buried or not, all of them will arise in one go and they'll be like scattered moths everywhere. Then Allah tells us about the mountains. These solid, strong mountains that exist, that they will be like pieces of wool. They will become like pieces of wool on that day. Al-I'n asuf 
كالرهن المنفوش الرهن is the صوف the wool وقيل القطن and also like the cotton buds some scholars say it is the wool and others say like the cotton buds but that the mountains will become in that way like pieces of wool or cotton buds المنفوش يعني المبعثر that they will all be scattered around in pieces of wool أي أن هذه الجبال بعد أن كانت صلبة قوية راسخة تكون مثل لحن الصوف أو القطن المبعثر so these mountains were originally strong and solid and in place cannot move them but then on that day they will become like pieces of soft wool that's how they will change or the cotton scattered around everywhere so these pieces of wool or cotton what happens to them when you let go of them in the air they just float around they have no real mass to them very little weight or mass they float around pieces of wool and cotton and so that's what these mountains will become on that day يَكُونُ خَفِيفًا يَتَطَايَرُ مَعَ أَدْنَى رِيحٍ A piece of wool, even a slight bit of wind will blow it away. A piece of wool, even a slight bit of wind will blow it away. Uh, and so, this is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us about how the mountains will end up on that day of resurrection. After being so solid and strong, they will become like pieces of wool. Scattered around pieces of wool that can easily be blown around. Then after that, Allah tells us about the accountability. فَأَمَّا مَنْ ثَقُلَتْ مَوَازِينُهُ فَهُوَ فِي عِيشَةٍ رَاضِيَةٍ That as for the one whose weighing scale of good deeds is heavy on that day, then he will be in the abode of bliss. Paradise. وَأَمَّا مَنْ خَفَّتْ مَوَازِينُهُ But as for the one whose weighing skills are light on that day, فَأُمُّهُ هَاوِيَةٌ Then he will be in a pit of the hellfire. The one whose good deeds are heavy in paradise, and the one whose good deeds are light, didn't do good deeds hardly, then he will be in a pit of the fire. Here then we see that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has categorized people into two categories. Qassam Allah ta'ala nas ila qismain. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala split the people into two categories. Al-qismu al-awwal man thakulat mawazinuhu wa huwa alladhi rajahat hasanatuhu ala sayyatih. The first category of people are the ones whose good deeds outweigh their bad deeds. And the second category are the ones who have the light weighing scales. Meaning their good deeds are very light and they are outweighed by their bad deeds. That is the second category. 
أو الذي ليس له حسنة أصلا كالكافر and some people there may be no such thing as good deeds and bad deeds per se it may be that they have just the evil deeds they are the pure kuffar so then their weighing scales are obviously light on the good side they have no good deeds they are upon kuffar and shirk so Allah tells us about these two categories and what their end result will be where they will end up so Allah tells us That as for the one whose weighing scale is heavy with the good deeds then he will be in that existence of bliss in that abode of bliss of a pleasant life and that is the paradise So the meaning of that فَهُوَ فِي عِيشَةِ الرَّاضِيَةِ اي أَنَّهُ فِي حَيَاةٍ طَيِّبَةِ That he will be in a good life. رَاضِيَةِ قِيلْ إِنَّهَا اسْمُ فَاعِلْ بِمَعْنَى اسْمُ فَعُولْ اي مَرْضِيَةِ Some of the scholars they said فَهُوَ فِي عِيشَةِ الرَّاضِيَةِ That it actually grammatically indicates the مَفْعُولْ which basically in English then just means that he is in a pleasant life, a life where pleasantness is upon him, where bliss is upon him. وَقِيلْ إِنَّهَا إِسْمُ فَاعِلْ مِنْ بَابٍ نِسْبَةٍ اِذَاتْ رِضَى وَكِلَ الْمَعْنِيَنْ وَاحِدٍ And even grammatically, if you say إِسْمُ فَاعِلْ, in the end, grammatically, it comes back to the same meaning, that they will be in a life of bliss. والمعنى أنها عيشة طيبة ليس فيها نكد وليس فيها صخ وليس فيها نصب كاملة من كل وجه وهذا يعني العيش في الجنة يعلن الله منهم. So this indicates that they will be in a complete and blissful life that has no deficiencies and no uh, issues or problems of any nature, no difficulties. They will be in a life of ease and pleasure and delight. So there will be no burden or hardship or fear or grief that occurs to them when they are in that life. In this life, in this world, fear and grief and uh, 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 sorrow and loss and all of these types of emotions, they overcome a person time to time. But in the afterlife in paradise, none of those things will ever occur to that individual. There is no such thing as fear or grief or worry or concern that would occur to a person in paradise. But then the second type are mentioned, But as for the one whose weighing scale is light, Meaning their good deeds are light and their heavy deeds are the bad ones. This could either be in reference to the kafir, the disbelievers who do not have any good deeds. And so obviously their good side of the balance is completely light. And the bad side is the heavy one with all of their kufr and shirk. And does that mean that a kafir has absolutely no good deeds? A kafir never does a good deed? 
A kafir never does a good deed. Your neighbor might be a kafir. Has he never helped you with anything? Maybe he has. Isn't that a good deed? The kuffar never ever do good deeds. So the kuffar, they might do good deeds. They might do a good deed. So then on the day of judgment, why are we saying that their good deeds will be empty? If they do do good deeds, they might help you. Uh, you might be drowning, a kafir jumps in and saves you from the river. He might save you. Kafir might jump in and save you. They might do some good deeds. So where have they gone on the day of judgment? Wouldn't it be oppression if they did do good deeds? Imagine you were drowning and a kafir jumped in and saved you, saved your life. Why is he not going to get that on his good deeds on the day of judgment? Why not? Rejected, Allah committed kufr, shirk, etc. But it's a good deed. If he's not given it, it's another oppression. And we're saying he's not going to be given it on the day of judgment. So where's it gone? No, even the kuffar, when they do good deeds, we cannot say that they will be oppressed. Nobody is oppressed. But if on the day of judgment their good deeds are not there, where have they gone? They have gone in this world. Allah rewards them, gives them recompense, gives them the blessings in this world for whatever good they did. So, لِأَنَّ حَسَنَاتِ الْكَافِرِ يُجَازَ بِهَا فِي الدُّنْيَا وَلَا تَنْفَعُهُ فِي الْآخِرَةِ if the kuffar do good deeds, Allah gives them blessings in this world to cover those good deeds. So on the day of judgment, they have nothing. They've been given their reward and their recompense on whatever good deeds they do in this world. Allah gives them in this world from the goodness and the blessings as a recompense for whatever good deeds they do. So they've been given their due. They've been given their due from Allah gave them whatever recompense now in this world so that there is nothing else to give them on the day of judgment and so their good deeds are empty then they will not benefit them so that is one type of person whose weighing scale would be light on the day of judgment a kafir the other type of person whose weighing scale may be light on the day of judgment is a muslim who didn't have many good deeds and had a lot of Bad deeds and evil deeds. So in that case, if his evil deeds, they outweigh his good deeds, his evil deeds are heavier than his good deeds, then he is at risk of hellfire also. So that's what it mentions here. Those whose weighing scales are light, then فَأُمُّهُ هَاوِيَّةِ Then his home will be in هَاوِيَّةِ Meaning a pit in the hellfire. A pit in the hellfire. أُمْ هُنَا بِمَعْنَى مَقْسُودُهُ أي الَّذِي يَقْسُدُهُ الْهَاوِيَّةِ The أُمْ in this context of the ayah, means where he's going to end up at, where he's going. It doesn't mean um, like the normal meaning of the word um. Um here, fa ummuhu hawiyah, meaning where he's headed, his trajectory 
is to that pit in the hellfire. His trajectory and where he is going is to that pit in the hellfire. وَالْهَاوِيَةِ مِنْ أَسْمَاءِ النَّارِ يَعْنِي أَنَّ مَآلَهُ إِلَى نَارِ جَهَنَّمُ وَالْعِيَاذُ بِاللَّهِ Meaning therefore, فَأُمُّهُ هَاوِيَةِ That his trajectory, his pathway, where he's headed, where he is headed is the hellfire. That's the meaning of that ayah. And then Allah says, نَعْمْ وَقِيلْ إِنَّ الْمُرَادَ بِالْأُمُّ هُنَا أم الدماغ والمعنى أنه يلقى في النار على أم رأسه Some of the scholars they said the um in this ayah refers to your mind, your, your brain, your head. So therefore when the ayah says فَأُمُّهُ هَاوِيَةِ that he will be thrown upside down on his head into the hellfire, into the pit of the hellfire. وَإِذَا كَانَتِ الْآيَةِ تَحْتَمِلُ مَعْنَيَيْنِ لَا يَتَرَجَّحُ أَحَدُهُمَا عَلَى الْآخَرِ وَلَا يَتَنَافِيَانِ فَإِنَّهُ يُؤْخَذُ بِالْمَعْنَيَيْنِ جَمِيعًا فَيُقَالْ يُرْمَى فِي النَّارِ عَلَىٰ أُمِّ رَأْسِهِ وَأَيْضًا لَيْسَ لَهُ مَأْوَى وَلَا مَقْصَدْ إِلَّا النَّارِ The Shaykh mentions where two meanings are possible for a particular ayah where two meanings are possible for a particular ayah and they do not contradict each other, then both meanings can be applied. And here there is no contradiction. You can say that their trajectory where they are headed to is the hellfire, and when they do go into it, they go into it head first. Both can be combined. There is no contradiction between them. So in that case, you take both of the explanations together. Then Allah says, وَمَا أَدَرَاكَ مَا هِيَ and what will make you know what it is? Again, this question, the purpose of it is to indicate the greatness of that affair and the, the severity of that affair. And here it's talking about the hellfire. What will make you know what the hellfire is? What will cause you to recognize and realize what this hellfire is? Yes, al mahiya, atadri mahiya, innaha la shay'un azim. إنها نار حامية في غاية ما يكون من الحمو وقد قال النبي عليه الصلاة والسلام إنها فضلت على نار الدنيا بتسعة وستين جزءا There is a, a narration where the Prophet ﷺ clarified that the fire of the hellfire is 69 times hotter than any fire here. That out of 70 parts of heat, then the hellfire is 69 times greater than the fire of anything in this world. إِذَا تَأَمَّلْتَ نَارَ الدُّنْيَا كُلِّهَا سَوَاءَ النَّارَ الْحِطَبْ أَوْ الْوَرَقْ أَوْ الْبَتْغَازِ الْبَتْغَازِ Abutghaz? Which Abutghaz? Okay. Petrol, uh, not petrol, uh, what do you call it? No, no, there's pet- petroleum, uh, there's a word there. Or ashad min thalika fa inna nara jahannam mufaddala alayha bitis'a wa sittina juz'an. The Shaykh says if you think about all of the different types of fire in this world, 
fires that are made out of wood, fires made out of paper, fires made out of burning oil or, or petroleum or gas, all of those, no matter how hot they may get, then the fire of the hellfire is still 69 parts hotter than any fire that exists here. So in all of this, in this ayah now, there is this fear that is being put into a person to recognize the severity of that affair and to take precaution from it and that people are going to be one of two types. Either a person where his good deeds are heavier, or a person where his sayyat are heavier. So either your good deeds are going to be heavier and you are from the successful, or your bad deeds are going to be heavier and you are from the unsuccessful. وَفِيهَا أَيْضًا دَلِيلٌ عَلَىٰ أَنَّ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ فِيهِ مَوَازِينَ This also is a proof in the books of Aqeedah. The scholars often quote this surah, these ayat, as an evidence for al-mizan or the mawazin, the balance on the day of judgment, the weighing scales on the day of judgment. And that is an actual weighing scale on the day of judgment with two sides to it and a central piece to it. And it balances heavier or lighter one side or the other. وَقَدْ جَاءَ فِي بَعْضِ النُّصُوصِ أَنَّ ميزان أَنَّهُ ميزان فَهَلْ هُوَ وَاحِدْ أَوْ متعدد? Is there one mizan or are there multiple mawazin on the Day of Judgment? Is it only one mizan? Here it says, that's in the plural form. But there are some examples where it is mentioned in the singular form. So is it one mizan on the day of judgment, one balance? Or are there multiple weighing scales, mawazin? What's the correct answer? One or plural, mizan or mawazin. We did it. Ha'iyat ibn Abi Dawud. Nobody revised. Both. Either or. Two different ah oh, opinions. Yeah. Yeah. So there are differences between the scholars about this. Is it one weighing scale on that day or are there multiple weighing scales? Some scholars, they say it's only one weighing scale. And these ayat which say mawazin, this is just to indicate again the greatness of that weighing scale. Ah, or about the, the mawzunat, about uh, the things that are going to be put into that weighing scale. The shaykh says here, قَالَ بَعْضُ أَهْلِ الْعِلْمِ إنه واحد وإنما جمع باعتبار الموزون لأنه يوزن في الحسنات وسيئات وتوزن في حسنات فلان وفلان وتوزن في حسنات هذه الأمة والأمة الأخرى فهو مجموع باعتبار الموزون لا باعتبار الميزان وإلا في الميزان واحد. So some scholars have the opinion it is only one weighing scale 
And the reason why it's mentioned as a plural is because of all the things that are going to be weighed in it. They are obviously a lot. Every single person is good deeds, is bad, bad deeds. All of the previous nations, there's going to be a lot that's weighed in there. So it's mentioned as a plural in a reference to the items that are plural that are going to be weighed in it. But it's actually only just one weighing scale. That's one opinion. And then the other opinion, وَقَالَ بَعْضُ أَهْلِ الْعِلْمِ إِنَّهَا مَوَازِينَ مُتَعَدِّدَةً لِكُلِّ أُمَّةٍ مِيزَانٍ وَلِكُلِّ عَمَلٍ مِيزَانٍ فَلِهَذَا جُمِعَتْ Some scholars, they said, no, it's a plural. There's going to be multiple balances and weighing scales that day. Some scholars said every single person will have his own weighing scale. Some said every ummah, the ummah of Ibrahim, the ummah of Musa, the ummah of Muhammad, every ummah will have its weighing scale. And some scholars said every action will have its weighing scale. So all of the prayer of the people is weighed up in one weighing scale. All of the, uh, some other uh, worship is weighed up in another scale. Every scale for a particular worship. So they say there are multiple scales. The opinion of a Shaykh al is which one? One? You're cheating. Wal-Azhar, Wallahu A'lam, Annahu Mizanun Wahid, Lakinahu Jumi'a bi'atibari al-Mawzun, Ala hasab al-Amal, Or ala hasab al-Umam, Or ala hasab al-Afrat. The Shaykh says what appears to be apparent, and this is his opinion, that it's only one weighing scale, and it's mentioned in the plural version in some ayat, because of the items that are going to go into it, not because it is actually plural. That is the opinion that he takes. وَفِي هَذِهِ الْآيَةِ دَلِيلٌ عَلَىٰ أَنَّ الْإِنسَانَ إِذَا تَسَاوَتْ حَسَنَاتُهُ وَسِيَّآتُهُ فَإِنَّهُ قَدْ سَكَتَ عَنُهُ فِي هَذِهِ الْآيَةِ In this chapter in this surah it tells us about the ones whose heavy deeds are the good deeds are heavy successful paradise the one whose evil deeds are heavier unsuccessful hellfire but it doesn't tell us about the ones who are equal where they are exactly equal this ayah doesn't mention that walakin bayyana allah ta'ala fi surah al-a'raf annahum la yadkhulun al-nar so in Surah Al-A'raf, Allah tells us about them, the people who are exactly equal, they will not be thrown into the hellfire, and neither do they go directly into paradise. Instead, they are taken to a place known as Al-A'raf, Surah Al-A'raf. They are taken to that place known as Al-A'raf, and they are kept there initially. وَذَكَرَ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى فِي سُورَةِ الْعَرَافِ مَا يَجْرِي بَيْنَهُمْ وَبَيْنَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ وَأَنَّهُمْ إِذَا صُرِفَتْ أَبْصَارُهُمْ تِلْقَاءَ أَصْحَابِ النَّارِ قَالُوا رَبَّنَا لَا تَجْعَلْنَا مَعَ الْقَوْمِ الظَّالِمِينَ That when they are there, they see, when they are in Al-A'raf, they see the people who ended up in hellfire, and they make dua asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not to make them from those people, and in the end we know, after they stay and stay and stay, as long as Allah wills that they stay, in the end when they are removed, they are taken to paradise in the end then. And so then in the end here, Shaykh Al-Thaymeen, he makes dua that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes us all from those whose wing scales are heavy with the good deeds, 
and that Allah forgives us and uh, uh, places his pardoning and forgiveness upon us and he is all capable of all things. So that is Al-Qari'ah, the tafsir of Surah Al-Qari'ah and inshallah ta'ala next time we'll begin Al-Adiyat. Any questions on that one for now?